Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Todd T. Riley, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. This episode of I Work For Him was previously recorded for the Christian Leadership Alliance's Outcomes Conference podcast, where leaders come to invest the best of what they know into other leaders. Remember, if you have influence over just one person, you are a leader. Together, let's listen to this podcast and learn more about leading God's way. Enjoy. We have an incredible conversation today coming up with Tom Beck, Chief People and Culture Officer with Compassion International. We'll be focusing on how Tom and his team lead and strive to create a culture of belonging at Compassion International. Tom Beck, welcome. Great. Good to be with you, too. Thank you very much. So before we get started, talking about your leadership role and your perspective of how God is Mm -hmm. using you to create a culture of belonging at Compassion International, tell us how you keep your faith strong and your leadership Christ-centered. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really about probably certain habits I've picked up along the way. You know, you've got your spiritual disciplines, you know, time with the Lord and Bible study and prayer, but it's also really slowing down to listen, you know, take time to listen to where God's leading me to the guidance of the Spirit, but also to others. You know, I, I firmly believe we're, you know, created to relate to Him, but relate to each other and that you know, you've got, there's a lot of power in those conversations. And so it's really slowing myself down uh, at times, whether it's early morning or when I travel or with uh, my wife or with my coworkers or my partners that I work with, um, that, that really those two things, the habits and the listening is really probably the two things that have the biggest impact on me in my journey. So I'm just curious, what does that look like when you slow down? Because I think a lot of people listening, it sounds so good, but yeah. it's but it's so much easier said than done. What does that actually look like? It's uh, part of it is the time. Actually, it's the time of day for me. Um, I am my wife would call me an abusively early morning person. Um, <laughs> my day usually it does. It, my day usually starts around four a.m. And so I, I have learned in the rhythms in my life that I'm actually uh, my most productive times and are, are during those quiet hours. She is not a morning person, so we're not crashing each other in the kitchen. And it's a time for me just to reflect. And, you know, it's a peaceful, quiet time to be able to do that. And as you know, the day gets going and it gets busy and uh, things kind of get crowded out. But it's also... Um, I have opportunities, you know, in either commuting because I live in Denver and I drive down Colorado Springs where I can connect with the Lord just quietly driving or with friends uh, on my commute time. I, before COVID, I traveled quite a bit. So a lot of quiet time, you know, you, you sit in airports or you're in, uh, on airplanes and you just have different rhythms that you find. Um, listen to podcasts, you know, I appreciate the work you do because it is, uh, it's just a new world. Uh, I used to be an avid reader and that kind of got crowded out. So being able to listen things uh, as well as part of the rhythm is and but it's also just understanding my, my own daily rhythms and when the uh, quiet times are the best for me, which are yeah. 
as my wife said, abusively early in the morning. That's just an, I love <laughs> I that. I love line. that description. So you know, for a oh, lot yeah. for a lot of us, it, it sounds to me like it's it's just being aware of the opportunities mm-hmm. God gives you and leaning into those because a lot of people you know don't think of their commute as quiet time. Um, yeah. But but it can be if we see the opportunity that God gives us. Mm. So. Thanks yeah. for sharing that and diving in a little deeper. So oh, yeah. I want to talk about the theme of the Outcomes Conference pod, um, you know, conference for 2022. It is I Belong. And mm. I'm curious how you as a leader at Compassion International, especially in your role, mm-hmm. create that culture for your team of belonging. Uh, it's a great question because it's actually very timely uh, with the work we're doing. We have a what we call a neighbor promise. And it's a neighbor, our, our workforce happens is one of the neighbors that we identify. And it's based on the Good Samaritan parable uh, and love your neighbor as yourself and who is your neighbor. And we've, we've come up with a brand promise that's called known, loved, and connected. And so it's really striving to, uh, starting with my team and an extension of my team and into our global workforce is to really have them start to feel that sense of being known, loved, and connected. The other thing that's important for us, and at least for my direct team, is to create a sense of safety. And safety from the standpoint of that we can, uh, we know each other, we trust each other, and we, but it takes time. Uh, well, yeah, so, so talk about that. I mean, getting yeah. to know people does take time. I mean, how oh, yeah. do you facilitate people to get known? with each other on their team. I mean, that's, that takes time. That's like picnics. That's like dinners. I mean, how Mm -hmm. do you guys do it? Well, pre COVID, we spent a lot of time together. Um, We were, you know, our headquarters is in Colorado Springs. So I was able to do a lot of walk around, meet and greet people. Um, Most of my team actually is based in uh, the field in the 26 countries that we work in. So I travel quite a bit in COVID. Uh, it is one of the, honestly, it's one of the bigger challenges we have is, you know, just like this, setting up a Zoom call and trying to connect with people and get to know them. There's intentionality around that. I, I will admit during the COVID environment and being on Zoom, you have to set aside time to connect with people. If you have a full agenda, you've got to put time into the agenda on the front end or on the back end. Ideally, it's on the front end to just say, hey, catch up with each other. How's, how's life treating you? How's family doing? How can we be praying for each other? But it takes time. There is no getting around that. And it's intentional time that I personally invest in the team that I'm shepherding. And then it kind of rep- replicates itself from there. You know, it's uh, but, crazy because like you said, like pre-COVID, those beginnings of especially Zoom meetings drove me crazy. I'm like, let's yeah. get down to business. But as time has gone on, I have seen the value in that. So yeah. I'm so much more appreciative of the, because I'm not a banter person. And a lot of times, you know, there's that because people are trying For to sure. like get in each other's lives quickly. But you're saying it actually helps to you know, with the culture and to get to connected. And I love that it's a part of what you guys are intentionally doing. So what are some of the challenges that you've encountered in trying to create that same space of work belonging in that workplace culture? Well, one that we were just talking about is distance. And that actually existed before COVID because as I mentioned, you know, we're a third of our employee bases in the United States, two thirds are in the 26 countries that we work in. Um, and so we were kind of in a, a global 
environment to begin with from a remote perspective. So it, um, it, it's added to it. Uh, we did have the habits kind of built in to begin with, but then as you know, it's kind of like pouring fuel on an open flame when COVID hit, it just made it, you know, that much, um, more challenging. We also do a lot just doing assessment work. And, and two things, we use some testing, you know, like Myers-Briggs and DISC and different things, just so you start to get to understand people a little bit better. And that helps on the known part. Um, and we intentionally set aside time for team development. The other thing that we do, and it, it, we're, we're starting to see things open up, is just make sure we have intentional team time together. So what, do you, what do you do when people don't want to be known? Um, that's a really good question. I, you know, Jim, I, I think, uh, it, it's interesting because when you create cultures where that becomes part of it, it almost like it attracts certain people. And okay. in other cases, someone might, I don't want to say self-select out. They might say, Hey, you know, you, you always want to be respectful of boundaries. And so it doesn't mean, okay, everybody let's, you know, open our hearts up and tell what's going on with their families all the time. But if you create the right safe environment, people become, it becomes attractive to them. Right. Okay. You know, and I, again, I see it in my own team, the extended team that I lead globally. And then, you know, hopefully that begins to replicate itself within the organization yeah. as well. Fantastic. Hey, you're listening to the Outcomes Conference podcast as we talk with Scott Beck today. Well, nope, not Scott Beck. How about Tom Beck? Scott's his brother. I did yeah, that Scott's on purpose. Brother, <laughs> his we had to get brother. his name in there. I did. We, <laughs> look, a lot of, we look a lot alike, yeah, then, so that's go. okay. That's right. We're talking with Tom Beck today from Compassion International. We'll be right back. Do you want to make an impact for the kingdom of God without quitting your day job? Then here's some great news. God is calling you into full-time ministry right where you are. The job that you hold, the work that you do, and the people you work with, none of that is by accident. Your workplace is your mission field. Change the way you think about faith and work by picking up a copy of our new book, I Work For Him, by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. And remember, you aren't just working for yourself, you're working for the Lord. Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference podcast as we talk today with Tom Beck from Compassion International. Tom, you've got an interesting title, Chief people and culture officer that just shows that compassion is very serious about having a good culture for their people mm-hmm. not have you always worked for compassion or or is this an i mean t- tell us about it. what's your job history yeah uh i've been with compassion going on nine years okay um, so prior to that, of- other organizations did they ever have the focus that compassion did on making sure culture and people were taken care of it was uh, not not stated. You know, it, I, I come out of the private sector, so I was in the mid '80s. I was help. I kind of helped start Blockbuster Video, and so from the ground up, you. Uh, I always say you have a culture, whether you uh, want it or not. You're going to have one. Yeah. And so the intentionality around it, you know, the culture I had back then, and then I was also with Boston Market uh, during a startup phase. Um, we were we tried to be very intentional about it, but as we grew, it got harder and harder to do what that those core values were and that culture that we wanted to create. And so, with compassion, it's been um, you know we're we're very we try to be very intentional about it. When I shared with you earlier about the known, loved, and connected, that's something we've adopted really in the last couple of years. And 
cultures to, to change a culture takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And especially when you deal with, you know, the number of staff and volunteers that we have, but it, it's, um, it's rather new. The role myself, the titling is new, but the desire behind it is not new. You know, that's something that I brought into compassion nine years ago and I'm very, very sensitive to what our culture is and what we want it to be. That's so good. So how about in your own personal life? What are the, a couple of the core principles that drive your Christian leadership? Uh, I would say one of the first things is what I call don't be your own limiting constraint. Okay. What I mean by that is it, I've learned through the years and you hear this said a lot, you know, don't try to be the smartest person in the room. I always believe that if you really do that, then you become the limiting constraint. And so it's really gathering people in from a leadership perspective that are capacity that have a very different perspective that you do and to be comfortable with that because that builds a richer culture. And that really feeds itself into diversity as well. And it's not just diversity from a gender or minority perspective. It's really diversity from a thought perspective. Um, teams that take longer to form because you have different personalities and different thought process and different background actually are richer teams over time. It just takes longer to do that. And when you add in that spiritual component and how people worship differently, when you get all that to gel, all of a sudden you realize, well, you got some in your group that are prophets and some of them are preachers and some of them are teachers and apostles. And you're like, wow, wow. We're covering the spectrum here. I mean, that's the kind of diversity I love because you, you can, you're getting more of God in your team. All right, so let's let's talk about learning for Tom mm-hmm. Beck. What what role does pursuing continuous learning? You said you're listening to podcasts. You're, you've, you've reading has gotten X out. I'm not quite sure how come reading got X out, but you know, uh, <laughs> you how, do, how do you accomplish well. <laughs> continuous yeah. learning in your role? Um, one is I get really back to the listening part. It's really sitting down, whether it's listening to podcasts, but it's more important is really listening to teammates and my peers on our executive team and those outside of compassion. Uh, and listening to me can take, it takes on different forms. Um, I, um, you know, I talked about reading going by the wayside. My wife, uh, also one of my better leadership coaches that I have, um, tells me I have a little bit of ADD. And sometimes she'll say more than a, a little, like a lot. So my attention span forces me into reading articles and listening to podcasts more than it does reading a 300-page book. Yeah. So um, I also, yeah, I don't know if you've heard of the 70-20-10 principle behind learning. Uh, 70% of what you learn is more on-the-job experience. 20% can come through coaching and mentoring. And then 10% comes through content. And I really embody that. I've, I've seen that in my own journey that it's really a lot about what you learn by experience and then supplementing that with, uh, you know, content. And when I say content, it's, it, you know, it could be the reading, it could be the podcast, it could be the seminars I go to. Critically important because they're catalytic, but trying to apply that in my own uh, journey, that's where listening becomes so important because also, the other thing that's really important is being open to feedback. Mm-hmm. And it, that's, that's difficult at times. I got to be honest with you. I don't always <laughs> like hearing the things that sometimes I, people tell me. Yeah, but, three, 360 yeah. reviews are a little tough. But, you know, yeah, but yeah. some, of the, some of the things that you've said, Tom, I, I'm 
getting a picture of you as a leader, as someone with a very open door. And you, because you said you like to listen to those that you work with and learn from them as well, and not being a leader that knows it all. Um, it, you, you seem to have that air about you that you're welcome. Uh, you welcome that opportunity. So I, I appreciate just kind of the little glimpse that we're getting of you as a leader. So in the last minute here of this segment, I would love to hear something about Compassion International that most people don't know. Just, just throw something at us. Sure. The one thing, uh, our core strategy is built around three things, being Christ-centered, being church-based, and then being child-focused. Probably the one thing that people don't realize is we partner with 8,200 local churches in the 26 countries that we're in. They are the ones that implement our program. So that strong partnership, that I didn't realize that when I got involved with Compassion because I just thought child sponsorship meant raise the money, support the family directly or something. So that partnership with the local church for holistic child development is critical. It's part of our core identity and we do nothing outside of the local church. And so that's probably the one thing that most people wouldn't realize about us. Wow. Very cool. You're listening to the Outcomes Conference podcast as we talk with Tom Beck from Compassion International. We'll be right back. You know the kind of person that always tells you about the latest trends or the special deals around town? Well, lean in because here's a message from that kind of person. The Awaken Podcast Network is the place to be. Go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com and unlock God's purpose for your work with help from some friends. You will find a gathering place of podcasts that provide simple tools, faith stories, and conversations that will inspire and equip you to vibrantly live out your faith in your work today. Go ahead, check out awakenpodcastnetwork.com, and then be that kind of person and tell a friend. Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference Podcast. We talk today with Tom Beck from Compassion International, Chief People and culture officer. That title, I just love the title. Every Mm. organization should have somebody in charge of people and culture, Mm. making sure that we get the most out of people. Because when people know they're loved and they are seen and they're known, then uh, they perform at a much higher level. Is that what you guys are seeing? That by, by investing in people and culture, you get a better rate of return on your people? Basically, I would say yes. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the challenges we have in the, in the ministry context, and this is the difference I noticed between corporate for uh, the for-profit sector and moving into ministry, we, we struggle at times really with saying no to things because the demands and the needs are so great and those we're serving, uh, you know, and it's a joy to do that. And so that connectedness that we create really creates um, you know, not only the known, loved, and connected part that I talked about earlier, but it also uh, creates the freedom for people to kind of fail along the way because uh, you can't you can't learn things if you're not willing to fail. Um, it creates um, really better productivity, uh, and it depends on how you define productivity. And from where I sit, I, I look at it a little bit differently than maybe our marketing people look at it or our program people would look at it. But yeah, just that sense of belonging that even what we're talking about, you know, at the conference is so critical to really allowing people to thrive mm. and to ultimately find joy in what they do. Wow. Perfect. You know, and that's really that uh, a beautiful connection mm. between belonging and thriving, because when we mm. feel that 
that comes from the inside out. It can't, mm-hmm. it's not manufactured. It has to really be, be felt. So talk to, when you think about Compassion International today, what are you most enthusiastic about in terms of the mission and the impact that it's having globally? Sure. The, the thing that I just, the greatest joy I get out of is really two things. Uh, one is seeing uh, children released from poverty in Jesus' name, truly seeing that and seeing it in a local context. As I mentioned earlier, you know, partnering with those churches that minister to those, those children and the youth and the extension of the family. That's probably the thing, Martha, that excites me the most. And it, it is always there. And being able to see it firsthand like I did before COVID, but we're starting, as I mentioned earlier, we're starting to open back up to travel. But to see that firsthand, and then really the second thing is the joy I get out of with the people I get to work with. And give, um, us, give us context for that. Like how many employee or you know, people on mission with compassion and volunteers, like what is the scope mm-hmm. of, of the culture that you are yeah. ultimately <laughs> responsible for? Sure. The, the scope, if you add in our, our, our staff, our directly paid staff, yep. our church, the church partner staff and then volunteers, it's about 130,000 people. Oh, holy uh, smokes, that's a lot of people. Yeah, it's and the beautiful thing about it is that um, we they're local context, they're local leadership. So when you're in Burkina Faso, our staff and the church partners are all basically from Burkina Faso. So there's a richness to the culture that is can be complex at times, but is a beautiful thing to be a part of and just to see the body of Christ at work. In that context, you know, Jim, you talked about spiritual gifts and to see that uh, manifest itself on a day-to-day basis is incredibly powerful. And it's a joy to be a part of that. Uh, the, the richness of the kingdom when we're one day all together in one place, how mm-hmm. incredible will that be? All right, Tom, as we close out this podcast, the Christian Leadership Alliance is a place where leaders come to invest the best of what they know in other leaders. Tom, what leadership idea or thinking would you like to share as an investment in those listening to today's podcast? Yeah. I heard it said one time that uh, we teach what we know, we replicate who we are. And teaching what we know is incredibly important, but being true to who we are as leaders, who God called us to be, it's such a powerful thing to see that start to be replicated in others and not you know, me being replicated in someone I'm I'm partnering with, but just to see them grow and to see them and to be part of that um, is an incredible joy. And that's where I was saying earlier about don't be your own limiting constraint. You know, as a leader, especially as things grow and expand and the scale gets bigger, surround yourself with people that are you know, smarter than you in the areas that are important and have competency that you may not have and Blending that together and not being afraid of that um, takes uh, it, it takes a lot to do that sometimes. But the beauty of seeing it happen and materialize in outcomes and impact is a wonderful thing to be a part of. Teach what we know and replicate what we are. Isn't that we that's are. like parenting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I don't tell my staff or my team that. <laughs> So, uh, but, but that's the beauty of mentoring and discipleship, and that's really what you're doing yeah. with your team. That's just fantastic. Tom Beck, what a great yeah. conversation today. Thank you so much for sharing from your heart and for sharing 
about Compassion International and, and really just giving us a peek into what does it mean to be a chief people and culture officer? I just, that, that just, did I say that right? Did I get a chief oh, yeah. people yeah, and culture right. officer? Yeah, CPCO, I keep thinking it in my head. So, yeah. so it's like CP3O, <laughs> but cp Yeah, no, I've, I've heard that before. I've gotten teased on that one. My title actually was longer before we realigned things. So well, it, could, it, could it could be worse. It could be worse. Yeah, well, if you had a gold suit on, it'd be worse. But Tom Beck, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Jim and Martha, thank you. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field, but for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him, by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online at iworkforhim.com. I Work, the number four, him dot com. <laughs>